Hey, friends and foes. That's how we start things now. Yep. Welcome to the Gentleman's Club podcast. Mark Myra here. Shane Allen here as well. And Shane, the podcast, uh, a runaway success. Success. Really? We've doubled our numbers since we started this about a month ago. Doublers? We doubled it up. Wow. So this is what we need from you guys. Uh, You got to click that five star, that five hole. Yep. Five star rate button on iTunes so we get even more famous. Yeah. And it here's the thing. Here's your uh, here's your assignment for the week. Okay. You go to hit that five star. Maybe mm-hmm. you put a little review in there. You say, oh, these two boys, they're attractive. And then maybe recommend it to a friend or family member. Bring them elderly. In, bring them into the club. They're yeah. going to say how... But it's a gentleman's club. Is is there fees? It's it's all free. Oh my free. god, you, it's all you free. stupid slut. But no no fatties. No, oh my god. If it, if I have to watch another fatty listen to us fatties. I can't do it. The whole system's going to implode I'm in on itself. I will quit. Uh you interviewed Billy Corgan 3 years ago, so we're <laughs> like, "Hey, let's throw that on the podcast, right?" Yeah. yeah, you get to listen to how stammery I was. No, it was good. It's uh-huh. fine. I listened to half of it. I was really nervous for no reason. He's not a, that interesting. Yeah. He seems sad. I mean, he seems, he was sad in the 90s, so I don't know why he'd be any happier, mm-hmm. but he's just old and sad now. Yeah. And he's a great guy. Wait, this is not how you push an interview around. <laughs> no, yeah. it's, Shane did great. Thank Billy you. Billy Corgan, Smashing Pumpkins, a freaking legend. Sure. Like, come on. Yeah. It's going to be a great interview. Stick around. And he's not sad. All right. He's a great guy. Yeah. Right? Okay. Great interview. Um, so you were saying before we, we, we revved up this engine here, this podcast, mm-hmm. um, somebody in the building is making a movie and I'm in it or what's going on here? So, uh, the, the lottery was up to $750 million, right? Okay. The Powerball. Yeah. And I was like really debating whether or not I should get a Powerball ticket. And I was talking to everybody here. Uh, you had already left and. One of the guys here was talking about how he never plays the lottery, but he's working on a script for a movie about the lottery, kind of like this office and how they had the lottery pool going on for a while. Where, yeah, you can throw in a couple bucks and then you're on the list, but they made you sign it and There was stuff. a contract. I had no idea. I oh just learned about God. that too. Yeah. But his whole movie idea was that an office wins the pool, but there's one guy, Mark, who refuses to be involved. He said Mark? Yes. Okay. He's like a young couple. Uh, Mark is the name. And I was like, oh, wow, you're really... So he's talking about me. He's talking about okay. you. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, so like the Mark character is just like a guy that's like, yeah, I don't believe in the lottery. I think it's stupid. And then everybody else wins. And it kind of goes through uh, the life of the guy and the young family that doesn't get the money. I don't like how much Pat's thinking about me, to be honest. You know, well, I like the idea. I think it's a good idea for the movie. I, I think it's uh, a good idea. You see the other characters kind of, you know, working through their money. And there's everybody hears that story of like winning the lottery is like the worst thing you can do with your life. Everybody mm-hmm. like ends up killing themselves. And yeah, it's just miserable. So you get to see those people. Then you get to see the Mark character explaining to his wife why they aren't millionaires. I would definitely die having to make that conversation. Like, she would kill me. But then in the end, you guys would actually end up being happier than the people that actually won the lottery. Oh, because the rest of the office, you guys would do a mass suicide because you won the lottery. Yes. And I would be fine because I didn't win the lottery. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's weird that he's thinking about me so much. And I I really think it's because when we're not in this studio, 
I'm in a different studio and he's in a studio right next to me, but there's a window and he's literally staring at me all day. Yeah. He literally looks at my dumb fat body all day. That's his life. That's his like nine to five is staring at me. So I'm just infused in his brain now. I'm going to be the last thing that pops in his head before he dies. Wow, that's... Um, it's going to be my stupid face. That's really... Um, that's, I'm not going to tell him this. It'll what? break his little heart that uh, you took this so poorly. But well, that's, he's I'm, writing a movie with you in it. Isn't that nice? That's... that's that's nice, I guess. Well, I mean, he, I'm you the only do you know asshole he, that doesn't win the lottery in it. Well, though. do you know what he said happens to the Shane character? Mm-mm. Eats himself to death. Oh my god! Yeah, he spends a million dollars on cheese. Explodes, <laughs> explodes. I was farts thinking, himself to death. I was thinking for some reason you were eating parts of your own body, like a snake that caught its tail type of thing. No, it's but just, just eats it's too much. Just the first guy from Seven. That's me. Um, did, locked up in a kitchen eating spaghettios. Did you see this viral video of uh, it was like a Petco or something, and the, the rule at Petco is that as long as the the animal's leashed, you can bring it in, right? Did you say have you seen this viral video? Uh, no, but I know you're talking about. So the Petco, the rule is as long as it's leashed, bring it in. And some dude brought in this like uh, this three ton like. I think it's called like an African longhorned steer or something. Okay. And it's just a mass. It's a bull. It's a bull, but not like uh, one day, like a Spanish, like running of the bulls type of bull. This thing's horns are enormous. They're probably like five feet wide. Mm-hmm. And he brought it into the Petco and everybody's like, oh, look how cute this viral video is. What an asshole. Well, to bring this thing in, what in? Because he his whole thing is like, I'm gonna test, I'm gonna test the the rules here and see if I can do this. So yeah, um, that was gonna be my question: Is this m- like marketing from Petco, or is this just that. a guy trying to get some views on his YouTube channel? I think it's the second. I don't think this is a Petco. It was it was shot too poorly, and but that's how uh, that's how they get you. It just that's well, how it struck me. I don't know 100. percent but this thing's gonna take a huge, massive shit in there. Or what if it just like hit somebody? What if it just like gored somebody? Right? Well, he's on a leash. No? <laughs> so you just hold it back. You hold, hold back th- that bull. No, yeah, they shouldn't have that policy, I guess. But uh, I'm not gonna call the guy an asshole because that takes so much effort to make that crappy video, to mm-hmm. bring that friggin' bull to that. You know, that shopping mall and then bringing it into the, that's just, it's so much wasted energy for a stupid video mm-hmm. that I, I can get behind that type of, uh, a type of misplaced energy. There was like some, a good tweet about it where somebody was just like, there's nothing more American than somebody having like a really nice policy and then somebody testing the limits of that policy to the point where they're angry that they were so nice to you. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like what this guy did, where it's just like, oh, this is a very nice policy, loose, you know, as long as it's got a leash, and then you just taking advantage of it to to the point where people are just angry at themselves that they were nice. Well, I think this is actually best case scenario, is to take like an actual animal on a leash. I'd, I would figure it would be like Eric Andre brings in like a gimp okay you know <laughs> a leash uh at the base of his testicles mm-hmm. <laughs> being pulled 
that and that the gimp would definitely poop on the floor. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. You have to get some wet wipes for for that. All right. So we got some best of clips. We got the great interview with Billy Corgan of the Smashing <laughs> Pumpkins. Uh, and uh, yeah, then you can uh, subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher and all that good stuff. All right. Let's get to the best of. Beep, boop boop boop. Shane, I want to know what you would do in this situation. Okay. It's a it's a man out of Boston. All right. Okay. I believe he bought himself like a 72-inch TV, like 4K TV, right? Yeah. You know those situations where like you, you put your hand in the bag of cookies and it's like, what's that? Uh, two cookies connected to each other. He got a second TV sent to him. What? And like an 84-inch 4K TV. So he got a better TV sent to him. Holy crap. And he claims that he called Amazon um, and they said, just keep it. Uh, but then he ended up having like either the SWAT team or police officers coming and arresting him <laughs> oh, for not okay. giving it back here. Can I, can I play some of uh, his explanation to yep. you? So this is the guy from Boston that <laughs> bought a TV, got two TVs sent to him, didn't give it back and then got arrested. They surrounded the house, um, and knocked on the door with flashlights coming through all the windows. Pretty much. They told me, come outside. They handcuffed me. Did you ever oh, think that, Hey, that's disappointing. The what? I wanted a thicker accent. Uh, just a slight pause. I had a freaking TV, <laughs> Jay. Is it hurts? It's huge. It's a freaking huge TV, Jay. Coming through all the windows, pretty much. They told me come outside. They handcuffed me. Did you ever think that, hey, they made a mistake. I should return this. I did. And I looked into all the laws and everything that happened. I said, you know, it's a scratch ticket. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Amazon said I had nothing to worry about. I made no wrong decisions <laughs> at that point. calls it a scratch ticket. It's a scratch ticket. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Oh, God. When somebody accidentally sends you a TV, you know? Yeah. I did, and I looked into all the laws and everything that happened. I said, you know, it's a scratch ticket. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Amazon said I had nothing to worry about. I made no wrong decisions at that point. The dropship company tells me they tried to contact you five times and that you were never cooperative with them. I have my phone ringing all day long. I run a business. I get calls from Google, website people. I have no reason to answer all these calls. If, if it's not important, I just hang up. All right, so one, I own a business, drug dealer. Also, I get calls from Google. Uh-huh. Website people, Google. No, you do. You, we get them here a lot. Like, oh, I guess for the money. Just, yeah, for the get, we, that's all. Like that's all we get here. I mean, I know we do like a cue to call, and we're like, "Hey, caller fourteen, call in." Usually, ten out of the fourteen are just bots yeah. asking, "Hello, this is Sharon." Yeah, this and is we're Johnny trying Google. to get more information about your business. Is your radio station ninety-eight uh, uh, PXY? <laughs> no, lady. We're we're ninety two point five to B. Yeah, get it right. Um, all right, so it doesn't even need to be said. Of course, I would keep it. I would one hundred percent keep it. Oh yes, I would keep it. Yeah, this is a guy that has definitely looked into it too. It's a scratch ticket. Yeah, no, you don't know, but he like he like knew what to say. He like knew how to be like, listen, I, yeah, I got maybe I got some phone calls. Maybe I, you know, maybe I did. I don't know. <laughs> but he knows like what he has to do in order to keep this. TV. I, mean, I can't believe SWAT came in, dude. I for a TV. Yeah, that's it, that's a TV shade. Jeez. Here's here's my thing. Yeah. I believe him when he's talking about Amazon because I've had this happen to me before, where Amazon has either sent me something wrong or like this situation, they sent me two of something, and I call them up and they're just like, yeah, just keep it. Uh-huh. Like they don't even want to bother with you sending it back to them. They're just like, yeah, just keep it. So I believe him in that. Where I think he is lying 
is uh, when he's talking about like Google calls me and the website people call me. Um, I think he knew the company was trying to reach out to him and get their 84-inch 4K TV back. I think he knew that they were trying to get it back. Yeah. And he's just kind of playing dumb. For sure. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I, I don't think I'd be able to keep the TV. You'd be too nervous? Yeah, for sure. I have seen prison shows, and if I was in there for TV theft, uh, uh, yeah, I would not do well. But if you were there for something else, it'd be like, well, this guy, look at yeah, this guy. Yeah, at least like if I, you know, there was a little murder or like a... a little bit murder, a little like person. Like a little, yeah, yeah, just like a little murder. A little murder. There'd be a little bit like, oh, this guy's crazy, but just getting shipped a different TV, I feel like people would know like, oh, he's a mark. I mean, shame on the TV people for sending the cops. I mean, what is a TV nowadays? $200 worth of material? Like before it's... This jacked. was an 80... 80- Inch 4K like TV. TV. I'll look it up. I'll look it up so we know. I would say $10,000. If I'm he, say he's not, yeah, he say $200. Yeah, because he got charged with larceny and not like petty larceny or even, uh, you know, tiny larceny. Okay, let the record know. I, I, I know zero about TVs. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, this is like uh, uh, low lowest I can find is 2000 bucks. Yeah. And I've seen one for 10000 Mm-hmm. Okay, I know nothing. All right, fair enough. Yeah, 200, 200 bucks. 200 bucks. <laughs> I just thought you could just pick them up anywhere, you know? Man, I don't, know, I don't want to know how you've been treating your TV at home. You think they're just 200 bucks. 2221941. Somebody sends you two TVs when you only bought one. Are you keeping it or are you doing your best to return it? 2221941. Hey, Zone, who's this? Hey, it's Chuck. Hey, I missed how long until how long uh, the cops came after that other guy. How long? Yeah, like after, like immediately after he didn't return or something, or was it a while? I think I think it was. It like, was a like, while because he's saying that he went to Amazon, said that they, he got shipped this thing. Amazon Amazon said, "Don't worry about it," uh, and and then yeah, so it must have been a little bit. I did it at uh, a Walmart. It wasn't eighty four; it was fifty five. But I called, but the uh, delivery range, mm. TV never showed up. They said it got uh, it got lost. So the guy credited me my account, reordered it. So the following day, the TV showed up, and then a week later, another one showed up. So did you keep both TVs? Well, you, well, you, you leave the other one in the garage for six months just in case they come after it, you know? Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, then, then you put it up. Then you got to go to Walmart and get a bracket to put it up for a while. <laughs> but yeah, no, if they want it, we'll come after it. What do you, so, box. what are you doing with that double TV? Is that a bathroom? Uh, is that a toilet TV? Family, family room, living room. Yeah, we got you know, got a couple now. So. Oh man, you got a you got a toilet TV. That last one. <laughs> my, uh, my friend, he got like uh, two leases at Fusillo, mm-hmm. like years ago, and they do that great thing where it, with within the lease they also make you pay for a TV and then say that they're giving you a free TV. Mm-hmm. So he got two TVs from the like Fusillo with the leases that he just had them in his basement. <laughs> he kept them there for two months, and then he went downstairs to his basement and saw that his son had grabbed a knife no. and stabbed both TVs 30, t- no. <laughs> 30 times through the box <laughs> into the TV. Oh, no. So that sweet Fusillo TV shade. That's so sad. Knifed to death. Beep, boop, boop, boop.
Shane, it's Monday. Uh, we know Mondays can be a little bit of a bummer for people. Oh, you're back at work. It's garbage day. Oh, oh, life is suffering. <laughs> Misery. Mm-hmm. Right? So we like to we like to turn your frowns upside down um, and uh, take some sad news of the day and bad news of the day. We like to find a little positive in it. Why not? Absolutely. We're givers. Yes. Not the giver. We're not. Uh, we are not giving you the memories and pain of the world to keep it shielded from everybody else in society in a dystopian future so that people stay in line. We're not that. Everybody understands that reference. We are just givers. So uh, can I start you off with a sad story and then you find the positive in it? Hit me, bad boy. Okay. Here we go. Let's see. This is what has to do with Barbara Streisand. She's come out saying that she believes that Michael Jackson's accusers, she believes them, but she says that her accuse, that Michael Jackson's accusers were thrilled to be there, Shane. These are the young boys that were in Neverland Ranch uh, possibly getting raped by Michael Jackson. They were thrilled to be there. Shane, uh, Barbara Streisand's a hero to a lot out there. Yeah, she is. How, how, is, how can you find the good news of this? Yeah, she's, as we all know, the zone listener <laughs> always, always into the Bible. Love Barbara. All right. Well, I'd say this is nice because uh, we haven't heard from Barbara Streisand, and it feels like a decade. It's been a while. And I think the last time we heard from her, she was being parodied in South Park, uh, and we haven't heard from her in a long time. Now we know why we haven't heard from her because she's awful. Apparently, this is it. Put the put the nail in the coffin for uh, the Streisand career. We got her. I don't even know why she was popular to begin with. What Schindler on the list on the roof? Schindler, Schindler on the <laughs> list. Schindler on the roof. Fiddler on the roof. Right? Holy crap! That's what it was. Fiddler on the roof. Not, <laughs> not Schindler on the list. That's not what it was called. Was she Fiddler on the roof? Anyways. Oh no! Schindler on the. <laughs> oh <laughs> right. no! Um, yeah, so also uh, rest in peace to my career as well. So, <laughs> but yeah, no, she's a, she's a bad person. We don't have to hear about uh, Barbara Streisand anymore. Schindler on the list. Oh, no. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, everybody. All right, give me a sad story and I'll try to find the positive in it. Oh, Mark, did you see this? Yeah, the old classic mistake. A man uh, got circumcised uh, by mistake. After surgeons had uh, mixed him up with a, another patient, Mark, oh, they're, they're claiming that this patient had a similar name to another man who was getting the circumcision, mixed him up, and uh, this guy uh, got caught. Snippy of the pee pee. All right, so there's a guy was not circumcised, <laughs> accidentally, accidentally got the old Schindler on the list, and I uh, got circumcised as a. As a grown adult. <laughs> In my defense, <laughs> I know like two Jewish movies. The Pianist. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. You're right. You're uh, right. Shane, <laughs> so I would say a positive here is, Shane, tell me, as a grown adult man, how often, <laughs> how often do you get a change of a penis? Um, it happens a lot. It, okay. You never, it's get, never happened. You don't get a general change of your penis. This mm. guy gets a whole different new look for the rest of his life. You know, everybody gets a haircut. He got a little penis cut. And nobody really gets to have that halfway through their life. So yeah. you know what? Good. Good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what this, you know what? That's what this... 
that's what this bit's going to turn into is us just taking bad news and going, good. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Good. A hundred geese died. Good. All right. I got another sad story for you, Shane. Uh-huh. A, uh, a San Antonio police officer, Matthew Luckhurst, who was dismissed in October 2016 for giving a homeless person a feces sandwich, won his appeal this month and gets to keep his job. Uh-huh. He gave a homeless guy a feces sandwich. Shane. Oh, man. Where's the good news in that? That is sad. Well, it could be worse. He uh, could have just went on the radio and said Schindler on the roof. On the um, list. On the list. Schindler on the list. I'm, am I the dumbest person alive? Schindler wasn't even on the list. No. It was his list. I know. It was his. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he could have added himself if he just had turned in his watch. Yeah. Uh, right? That's how that movie ended? I don't know. Um, right, Jade, give me one more sad story. I'll okay. find the positive in it. Uh, Mark, do you, do you see this? Pollution is uh, might be killing our sperms. They okay. did, there's a new study that came out this week. They exposed a bunch of mice to pollution, right? And then they tested these mice's uh, semen. And uh, it turns out the semen not great after inhaling toxic fumes. Mark, how can I how could I possibly feel good in a polluted world that I'm breathing in all those pollutants? Uh, my semen could be going bad. Also, that somewhere in the, in the world, there's just a there's a bunch of scientists just blasting mice with pollution, and then give them the old uh, mice rooney <laughs> to test out their their semen. Well, that was going to be the positive for me. Oh, okay. Was the fact that like, look, nobody wants their semen going down because of pollution. I understand that, but there is a scientist out there whose job is to collect mouse semen. Mm-hmm. That is the tiniest, <laughs> tiniest scientist ever. Right? Oh, the scientist. <laughs> the scientist. Okay. <laughs> to get in there to extract that mouse semen, mm. I'm just impressed. I'm really impressed that the technology is there. Worst Stuart Little reboot ever. <laughs> to extract that sweet mouse semen. Uh, there it is. Last half full of news on the Gentleman's Club. On the phone with Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins earlier today. Here's the first half of that interview. Of course, we have Monuments to an Elegy coming out tomorrow. You're on a, a sold-out mini tour right now. You're uh, you're quite the quite the busy man. Got a, a second album coming out there this year too, called Day for Night. I want to ask you about this. I heard that you have written a musical coming out in Chicago. Uh, well, it's a, it's a kind of a mini musical. It was only about four songs. Uh, my friend works for a music theater group and asked me to do this project, and and I'm glad I did it. But I it was crazy because I was rehearsing for the tour and trying to do other stuff at the same time, <laughs> write new songs for the next album and do that so um but it, it's just cool it's a it's based on an old greek myth it's just fun and that's going on this month over there yeah yeah in fact i'm i'm, I'm sad because i i'm not able to see it because i'm out doing the promotion for the album yeah so um I, is, I only i only got the reports on it is this the first musical you you've worked on yeah i think so um i've i've actually had a bunch of meetings on broadway uh the past couple years about doing musical work because um you know the way the music business works is you can't count on it and um so I looked around to see what other other opportunities are out there, but uh, but right now everything's going so well for the pumpkins. It looks like I, I have a day job for a while at least. I wanted to ask you. I don't know if this is a touchy subject, but I've seen that you and uh, Anderson Cooper have been doing a little back and forth here. From what I understand, he he came at you because you were posing uh, for pictures with cats. It seemed a little ridiculous that you were trying to help out uh, a non-kill shelter, and he came at you. Yeah, I think it sort of shows the the grossness of our culture that that that's uh, that's a headline. You know, me being on the cover of Cat Magazine for a charity is somehow something to be made fun of. 
um, which, you know, it falls under the nothing is sacred anymore category. Um, it doesn't surprise me. Um, but, uh, and usually, you know, I, you know, there's plenty of instances where I can be moaned, uh, bemoaned being t- attacked for stupid reasons. But, I mean, when it involves, <laughs> when it involves uh, animal rescue, I didn't, I, I, that one just blew my mind. I mean, I didn't see that one coming. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't understand why somebody would go after you for uh, being, you know, working with a charity like that. But I saw that you came back and you were selling shirts at a recent show. Uh, it said "fuck you, Anderson Cooper" on there. Pictures of cats. I was just. Uh, <laughs> are those are those still on sale? And uh, where can we get these? Because I, I I want one. <laughs> we'll have to send you one. Um, now we only sold a few at our shows. We thought you know that was enough. Um, but it's amazing the response. Uh, the people we got requests from all over the world asking for a shirt. You're on tour right now. You're playing with the bassist of the Killers, Mark Stramer, Stromer, Sturmer, Sturmer, and uh, the drummer from Rage Against the Machine. You actually were recording with Motley Crue's Tommy Lee on this album. What was that like? I tell you, working with uh, Brad from Rage Against the Machine, Tommy Lee, Motley Crue, uh, Killers, Mark. I mean, it's <laughs> it's pretty cool. I mean, it's like I get to kind of it's like fantasy camp. You know, we get together and uh, but. Uh, working with Tommy behind the scenes was amazing. Um, Tommy's a great guy. You know, he's just a lovely person, and uh, he's had a lot of fun. Um, and watching him kick the out of drums is, is fun. You know, it's easy. You can sit back and just watch him kill everything. Yeah. Is he is he going to be working with you on the next album as well, or is that? Uh, we've talked about it, but he's you know he's on this massive uh, you know farewell crew tour. So uh, I don't know how much time he has, but uh, yeah, I'd, I'd work with Tommy again in a second. We're in the throes right now of the the holiday season. Actually, one of our our sister stations is playing 24-hour holiday music, and it's driving me insane, but I was wondering where you sat with holiday music. Well, I, you know, I have, a, I have one Christmas song that gets played every year now called Christmas Time. It came out about 96, and so it's cool. I get texts from people like, oh my God, you're running the mall. But, uh, <laughs> but that said, um, I'm old school. You know, I don't think you should really start playing Christmas music until, say, uh, after Thanksgiving. Okay. And now people start playing Christmas music like Halloween. Yeah, uh, and I and I, I'm terrible in that. I'll you know I'll be in a store and I'll go to you know like let's say it's November fourth and I'll go to the person. Are you sick of the Christmas music? And they're like, literally, I want to kill myself. Yeah, uh, you got to really feel for the employees who who have to suffer through you know uh, Jingle Bell Rock about eight thousand times. Yeah, Dominic the Donkey is my personal like suicide. <laughs> That's just gonna kill me. But I was wondering if you've ever thought about recording an entire holiday album. I know a we lot. We have. Of- we actually have. Um, the problem is you have to record it in July. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really hard to imagine doing a Christmas album in July. So you would go Christmas, you wouldn't go like Scientologist holiday album? Because I think, <laughs> I think that'd be a pretty sweet route to do. It'd be like kind of acid rock. You know, you get to talk about like intergalactic space rulers and aliens and spaceships. You know, I'm all about the aliens, but... Um, I was raised Catholic, so I'm, I'm just going to go good old, you know, Jesus and stuff. Ah, uh, good old Jesus. <laughs> I was very saddened to see on Twitter that you're no longer with Resistance Pro, the the, the wrestling group in Chicago. Yeah, I, I left, um, unfortunately, because um, I loved I loved being a part of it. I saw that there was planning to be an AMC reality show with them as well. I was, I'm yeah, guessing, had, that's, is that still going on, or is that... Well, we'd, we'd shot four episodes, okay. and, uh, and AMC canceled all their reality programming, or almost all of it. So, oh, really? So uh, AMC's actually trying to help us move that show to another network. So that show's not dead dead. Yeah, so, uh, so there's still a chance that that could still happen. And I, God knows what would happen then, because, I, like I said, I've left the wrestling company. Yeah. But I have a close relationship with a lot of the roster, so I think it could be worked out. But you've, you've been a wrestling fan for a long time now. I was just wondering, what, what is it about wrestling that attracts you, Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins, to wrestling? 
I think it's just a lot of fun, you know. I think people who take it too seriously kind of miss the point, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, same thing with rock and roll, you know. The whole idea is just get everybody in a room and have a good time and, and send everybody home happy. Uh, when it gets too serious or too intellectual, that's where it gets kind of dumb. Um, it's not meant to be, you know, Shakespeare. You know, that's the point. Let's say an alternate reality here. Billy Corgan, you are not born with the musical talent that you have, but you have like a physical prowess. Would you go into professional wrestling? What would your name be, and what would be your signature move, Billy Corgan? <laughs> I'll tell you. Before I answer your question, behind the scenes, I always tell you, it's a very tough gig. I mean, the, the, the people in that are very talented. They put their bodies through a lot. So anybody who doesn't appreciate that is missing the point. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what I would be. <laughs> I would probably... Um, I'd probably just be one of those guys who just gets under everybody's skin, you know. I, maybe I'd be like the negator, you know, like no matter what anybody believes in, I would negate it. I've done a good <laughs> job of that in my professional life, so that yeah. seems to be within the talent of reach. Uh, as far as a name, you know, uh, they used to call me the Corganator, so we'll go with that. The Corganator. I like it. I like it a lot. Monuments to Analogy, it's dropping tomorrow. It's part of our new music smell display at the, the Great House of Guitars here in Rochester. You can go pick it up there for a low zone price. Billy Corgan, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I wish you, I wish you luck and safe travels on your uh, sold-out mini-tour. Awesome. Thanks so much.